2 Kings chapter 8, verse 1. Now Elisha had spoken unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou in thy household, and sojourn wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. This is the same Shunammite who he had raised her son from the dead, and she's also the same woman who created a hotel room in her home for Elisha when he traveled back and forth from Shunem. Before the famine came, he prophesied to her because she's a servant of the Lord because she housed him. And so he's telling her, God is going to bring a famine for seven years, so you need to leave this area and go to a place where you can get food. Two, and the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God, and she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. 3. And it came to pass at the seven years' end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines, and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. She's asking the king to get her property back, which is her right according to the laws of the Lord. It's correct that an Israelite should never lose their property. 4. Now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. Gehazi knows about Elisha's miracles because he was there when most of them took place. And so the king has been talking with him, asking Gehazi to tell him all of the amazing stories. 5. And it came to pass as he was telling the king how he had restored to life him that was dead, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. At the same time that Gehazi was telling the king about Elisha bringing the son back to life, there appeared the woman and the son. It was perfect timing that God arranged for this woman. 6. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even unto now. Meaning that whoever took her property has to pay her back for all of the fruit that was grown during the seven years. And the king is doing this because she is a friend of Elisha's. 7. And Elisha came to Damascus, and Ben-Hadad the king of Aram was sick, and it was told him, saying, The man of God is come hither. Ben-Hadad is the same king of Aram who was attacking Israel in the last couple of chapters. Yet God has mercy on him to send Elisha to him to prophesy. God is so amazing. He's merciful even to pagans, even to sinners, even to atheists. He loves everybody, and he gives everybody millions of chances in their life to repent. 8. And the king said unto Hazael, Take a present in thy hand, and go meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Shall I recover of this sickness? Since Ben-Hadad is a pagan, he believes that he should pay for a prophecy from God, since God isn't his God. And so he wants Hazael, his servant, to go bring payment to Elisha to find out if he's going to live or die. 9. So Hazael went to meet him and took a present with him, even of every good thing of Damascus, forty camels' burden, and came and stood before him and said, Thy son Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, hath sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover of this sickness? In First and Second Kings, the prophets are called fathers, and now in this case, Ben-Hadad, a pagan king, is calling himself a son of Elisha. It doesn't mean that he's a biological son, but that he's a spiritual son. He considers Elisha his spiritual superior. And 
whatever Elisha says, he will believe. That's because Elisha is a true prophet, and his prophecies have always come true. Hazael has sent Elisha an incredible amount of wealth, probably thinking that he's buying his life from the Lord. But Elisha won't receive this gift. 10. And Elisha said unto him, Go, say unto him, Thou shalt surely recover, howbeit the Lord hath shown me that he shall surely die. Elisha is telling Hazael, tell the pagan king that he is going to recover, but God has already said he's going to die. But I want you to tell him the opposite. 11. And he settled his countenance steadfastly upon him, meaning Elisha stared at Hazael until he was ashamed, meaning until Hazael was ashamed. You know how when somebody stares at you, you feel embarrassed because you're wondering what's wrong? Well, Hazael got ashamed because Elisha was staring at him, and the man of God wept. Elisha started crying. 12. And Hazael said, Why weepeth my Lord? And he, Elisha, answered, Hazael, Because I know the evil that thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds wilt thou set on fire, and their young men wilt thou slay with the sword, and wilt dash in pieces their little ones, and rip up their women with child. Elisha is seeing a vision of the future. The Lord has shown Elisha that Ben-Hadad is going to die, and Hazael is going to become the next king of Aram, which is Syria. And Hazael is going to be very evil toward the Israelites. Because of the Israelites' sin, Hazael is going to attack them. He's going to burn their cities, kill their men, but he's also going to kill their infants and slice up their pregnant women so that both the woman and the child dies. He's going to do horrific damage to Israel. And that's what Elisha is seeing, and that's why he stared at Hazael, and then he started crying. He's crying for his own people, and for Hazael's future sin. 13. And Hazael said, But what is thy servant, who is but a dog, that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered, The Lord hath shown me that thou shalt be king over Aram. Hazael is saying, How could I possibly go to battle against the Israelites? And Elisha says, You're going to become king. 14. Then he departed from Elisha and came to his master, meaning Ben-Hadad the king, who said to him, What said Elisha to thee? And he answered, He told me that thou wouldst surely recover. God told Hazael, Tell him that he'll recover even though he's actually going to die. And now Hazael has done that very thing. He's told the king of Aram that he would recover even though he's going to die, and this is part of a trick to kill him, because God knows that that's how Hazael is going to take the crown. So it's kind of like when Jesus told Judas, what you have to do, go do quickly. On the Passover night, when Judas went to go betray Jesus, Jesus said, do it quickly. It's already been ordained for me to die on the cross, and you have to go and double-cross me in order for that to happen. And this is what Elisha is saying to Hazael. It's already been ordained that Hazael will become king and persecute Israel for their sins. So go ahead and go take over the kingship. 15. And it came to pass on the morrow, meaning the next day, that he took the coverlet and dipped it in water and spread it on his face so that he died, and Hazael reigned in his stead. Hazael murdered the king of Aram. He put a wet cloth over the king's face so that the king wouldn't be able to breathe, and it, he drowned him in his own bed. He suffocated him under the wet cloth. So the king did die. And Hazael did tell him he was going to recover, but then Hazael killed him and took the crown. 
16. And in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat being the king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. So at the same time that Joram is reigning in Israel, Jehoram is reigning in Judah. 17. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. Now this is talking about Jehoram, the king of Judah now. The story has shifted from the kingdom of Israel to the kingdom of Judah. We're now talking about the kingdom of Judah under Jehoram. 18. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab. 17. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. That's Joram, king of Israel. 18. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Jehoshaphat, who was a good king, his son Jehoram became a bad king because he married one of Ahab's daughters, who was a pagan, and so he himself started practicing paganism. The king of Judah married a daughter of the king of Israel, and the Israel kings are pagans, so now the king of Judah is practicing paganism. For he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy Judah, for David his servant's sake, as he promised him to give unto him a lamp and to his children alway, meaning always. God had promised David that his line would never end. Even though Jehoram is a sinner and a terrible king and a pagan, God won't take the kingdom from him because of his promise to King David. 20. In his days Edom revolted under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. And that's why there's three kings among the tribes of Israel. There's the king of Edom, the king of Judah, and the king of Israel, because Judah had Edom, but Edom rebelled. 21. Then Joram passed over to Zair and all his chariots with him, and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites that compassed him about, and the captains of the chariots and the people fled to their tents. 22. Yet Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. Then did Libna revolt at the same time. Because of the sins of the king of Judah, they have lost Edom, and they have also lost the town of Zair. 23. And the rest of the acts of Joram, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? It's interesting. Sometimes they call him Jehoram, and sometimes they call him Joram. I don't know why the names are interchangeable. 24. And Joram slept with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and Ahaziah his son reigned in his stead. Ahaziah would be the eighth king of Judah. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri, king of Israel. His mother was a pagan, because she was the daughter of a king of Israel. He married a pagan. So here's two kings in a row who married pagan women that were daughters of kings of Israel. 27. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Two kings in a row from Judah are sons-in-law to the house of Ahab, and therefore they became pagans. We really got to be careful who we marry, because that person, if they're into sin, they'll bring us down. Whether they go to church or not, if they're a sinner, they're going to lead us into sin. 28. And he went with Joram the son of Ahab to war against Hazael king of Aram at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Arameans wounded Joram. Joram is Jehoram who is an Israelite king. Ahaziah is the son of Jehoram who is the king of Judah. 
It's really confusing. But when Ahaziah was king, he went to war alongside Joram from Israel because they're both pagans. They're friends. They both fought against King Hazael, the Aramean king. And he went with Joram, the son of Ahab, to war against Hazael, king of Aram, at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Arameans wounded Joram. 29. And King Joram returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Arameans had given him at Ramah. The Syrians wounded King Joram, who is the king of the Israelites. And Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. The king of Israel and the king of Judah are in cahoots because they're both practicing paganism, so they fought together against the Arameans, King Hazael. And King Hazael injured the king of Israel, and now the king of Judah has gone to visit the king of Israel to check on him and see if he's okay, because they're friends. But sadly, they're pagan friends. And that concludes 2 Kings chapter 8.